This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast designed and produced specifically for Florida small business owners and entrepreneurs. Small Biz Florida, talk that works for Florida. This podcast is supported by the Florida SBDC Network, providing the tools, strategies, and expertise to help Florida's business community thrive. Visit the Florida SBDC online at www.floridasbdc.org or contact your local office and get started on your path to success today. This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast and broadcast. That's all things business across the state of Florida. I am Tom Kindred, your host for Small Biz Florida, and we just couldn't be any more uh, proud or pleased or honored to have Small Biz Florida broadcasting to you, coming to you from the 2022 uh, annual uh, Florida Chamber uh, Future of Florida Forum. We are over on Disney property. Uh, and it is an incredible turnout. Uh, the room is absolutely packed. Uh, 500 plus folks in there listening to uh, Mark Wilson, the president and CEO of the Florida Chamber, uh, kicking this event off. So we're going to be coming to you, uh, bringing you segments uh, from the future of Florida Forum over the next couple of days. Uh, so tune in. Going to be a lot of great uh, conversations here on Small Biz Florida. And we're going to kick it all off uh, with a great conversation on a really important topic, uh, workforce, um, talent development, and uh, how we uh, kind of bring our economy along uh, by tapping into to some of those, um, uh, you know, uh, not not usual uh, channels of workforce, but I'll let I'll let our guest uh, talk about all this. It is uh, John uh, Kufos. Yes, sir. Uh, he is the founder, owner, operator of uh, Cottage Four. Uh, John, welcome to Small Biz Florida. Good to be with you. It's a beautiful day in Orlando. Yes, it is. Um, John, just uh, I can't wait to get into this conversation. Uh, what you do and what Cottage Four does is really an important. Um, uh, important endeavor, and and um, I've, I've had a little bit of experience with it, so I look forward to the conversation. But let's start, as we always do, just a little bit of your background pathway uh, to uh, founding and uh, and launching Cottage 4. Sure, sure. So I hail from the great state of New Jersey. All New Jersey guys are required to say that, just so you know. I feel the <laughs> same in Texas, right, right. Um, although I live in Washington, D.C. Uh, and I spent the first 10 years of my career as a trial attorney. Uh, handling uh, both business defense, plaintiff's work, civil rights work, and large, complex criminal defense cases. Uh, and uh, arguing for the Supreme Court in New Jersey, all these things. What was happening in my life, though, though, Tom, was that I was a completely functional alcoholic. So what happens is, is 11 years ago, 2011, I'm driving in New Jersey, and I caused a drunk driving accident where I hurt somebody. Thank God they recovered, they lived, no issue. And I go to prison from my owning a law firm, I go to prison in the state of New Jersey. So while I'm in prison, I'm in, again, a place called Bayside, which was the prison my clients were afraid to go, but here I am, this relatively high-profile lawyer in New Jersey. And the thing that struck me most, Tom, was that nobody asked me for money, but nearly everybody asked me for a job. And I was just an inmate just like them. So New Jersey has a parole system. I surprisingly was paroled. Um, I didn't, I make a joke. I didn't know a single politician in New Jersey until I was a felon, which is probably a good Jersey story, right? But in more civilized places, that doesn't actually happen. Right. Uh, or maybe it does. But uh, I have no, no political juice, so to speak. And, uh, and the parole board paroles me, but I have nowhere to go. 
houses foreclosed upon, et cetera. So I move in with a law school roommate, have a chance meeting with a former governor in New Jersey who was doing county jail ministry and had a vision for reentry programs. When I say reentry, meaning creating hubs around the state of New Jersey that are geared towards job development. So how do we handle those social determinants, right? The job readiness, we can deliver candidates who might have a criminal record but want to work to the business community. That was former Governor Jim McGreevy. Jim, Jim took, me, took us to see Governor Christie. Governor Christie wanted to launch a program, so Governor Christie put the funding up, seed money, for what would become the New Jersey Reentry Corporation. After building uh, nine locations around the state of New Jersey, serving thousands of folks, restoring hundreds of driver's licenses, and getting thousands of jobs for people, uh, I was asked to come to D.C. Uh, to work at the Texas Public Policy Foundation's D.C. office, very conservative think tank. Um, and there, the goal was to take this population, get them jobs, and develop policies around the country. And that's how I came, that's how I started working in Florida. Uh, when that project was up, I did some work with Alice Marie Johnson, who you might remember. I met Alice in the White House when I, I was on stage with President Trump a number of times for second chance hiring, uh, and also had been on stage with President Obama previously. And we developed uh, some more programs with Alice. Then I decided, you know, I really want the opportunity to do my own projects around the country, really focused in two big areas, Tom, healthcare, and workforce. Workforce is germane to this conversation. So here in Florida, uh, thanks to JP Morgan and Florida State University, we put together a big training, which I made into a documentary called Retaining Talent, which is gonna be profiled today at, at the conference. Nice. Uh, John, that is an incredible story. Well, I, I mean, tell people, Tom, it's a great story. I just wish it wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, that sometimes that's not easy for people to share those kind of stories, stories where we talk about a failure. And of course, we, you know, in the world of entrepreneurship and small business, I mean, failure is part of the process. So, sure. you know, I think it's important that, uh, that folks like yourself have the, uh, the courage to share those stories and say, look, it, this is, this is reality, but we took something that, that wasn't good and we turned it into something great. And I, well, thank you for I, saying that. Yeah. Too. I mean, I think you, you know, you, you, you learned a lesson from what, and you, and I, sh I probably not the right way to say it, but you, 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 you took your circumstances and turned it into a very positive, uh, positive movement now. Yeah, no, I'm very lucky, you know, uh, in addition to sobriety, which I now have, um, now I have a wife, I have a three-year-old, I have a three-month-old, right? Nice. I mean, it, it, interestingly enough, Tom, the greatest things that ever happened in my life happened as a felon. And, and the, the, the ability for me to help others and really help the business communities right. unlock this talent pool. Because the thing is, a job is more than a paycheck. A job is dignity. There's an inherent right. dignity in work. And the beauty of doing a project, in, uh, many projects, but in Florida is, you know, with Texas, you're talking about the two hottest economies you know, in right. America. And there are labor shortages. Uh, no matter what's going on, there's going to be a labor shortage in Florida, recession right. or no recession. So the idea here is if we can find and manage the appropriate talent to the business community, the business community is gonna make a lot of money because what's gonna happen is the turnover costs are gonna be very low. There's a series of business incentives for hiring this population. And the truth of the matter is downstream, businesses will be changing the trajectory of communities for generations by just right. by doing this work and making a buck doing it. Right, no, uh, in incredible work. And again, thank, thank you so much for sharing the story. And, uh, but so let's, like you say, let, let's talk about the business side of this. Yes. What, where, uh, what does all this mean? And I, you know, before you and I went on the air, I, I told you that I had 
had the opportunity, great opportunity, uh, one time to lead a program where we took a manufacturing certification uh, training program into a uh, correctional facility uh, down along the Treasure Coast. And you talk about inspirational now. Uh, to go in, 16-week um, program, take them through, get, get some of the folks um, to actually pass and, and achieve uh, their certification, uh, taking part in the graduation ceremony, just in incredibly uh, moving and inspirational to see folks say, um, you know, we've learned and we want to give back now. We want to go back and, and be productive. Um, so talk about... Talk about that actual, the, the actual nut and bolts of this thing. You, you are helping uh, folks get the training they need to, to be productive once they've been released. Is that kind of summarize things? Well, somewhat. That's how okay. I really began my career in, the, in this field, in the direct services and on the client side. And then I realized that, you know, again, being a recovering trial attorney, I had lots of friends who were general counsels and chief human resources officers of major companies. So what I, what I focus now on is the business side of it. So what happens is large corporations and, and mid-sized corporations will, will call me and they'll say, John, we need to fill a certain type of talent in a certain type of, of area. We want to give people with criminal records that chance. And candidly, we want to realize the benefits of whether it's OJT dollars, incumbent worker training right. dollars, yeah. whether it's low turnover costs, whether it's increased loyalty from a population that most people pass on. Uh, they say, John, how do we do that, both from a risk management perspective and how do we do it right? Because the problem the business community has faced uh, is that when, in many cases, in many communities, and they've tried this before, the community-based organizations were not delivering them job-ready candidates, and the businesses whose core function is not to deal with people with criminal records don't right. know it. So I help really the business side nice. map that out. So I consult mostly with them. And it's really a lot, it's a lot like a social hospital, meaning I train the businesses in the language. So they know what they need to know, who are the good community-based prov providers. And now where we've gotten is with some corporations is they'll say, in six months from now, I'm going to need the following people in the following areas with the following skills on the following schedules. Can you help us uh, course in those pathways to get them in? So that's what I'm able to do all over the country. Wow. Yeah. That, that's incredibly valuable and powerful. And, you know, um, really, you know, I attended uh, just, just recently, uh, Small Biz Florida attended the Florida Makes Conference a couple of weeks ago. The entire two-day summit was dedicated to talent pipeline and workforce readiness. And, and you know, one of the speakers at that event uh, highlighted, he said, the way we hire, recruit, and retain employees uh, in the past is not going to work today. And I think your whole, um, you know, your business obviously addresses that. We, this isn't business as usual in terms of, of, of hiring and, and recruiting. Sure. Uh, we're going to have to be innovative and use those resources that we don't often think about as, as standard operating procedures. Is that, is that fair? That is. That is. And I think the, the beauty of it is that you don't have to chart a whole new course. You really just have to tweak a few waypoints. Mm -hmm. As we think about it, I had to use a nautical analogy because I'm in Florida. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, with respect to our retaining talent project here in Florida, what I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that when businesses saw the hour-long documentary, <clears throat> that they didn't just hear from John Kufos, you know, some guy from Washington, D.C. and New Jersey, that we heard from local folks. So like Kathy Fernandez-Rundle, the state attorney in Miami, Dade is in it. 
uh, Ricky Dixon, right, Secretary of Corrections, is in, who's actually going to be introducing me uh, on stage in, in, later this afternoon. We went to Jackson Lewis, Miami, to sit with the managing principal, Pedro uh, Torres Diaz, right, who's going to, who, if you don't want my word on negligent hiring, take it from the guy at Jackson Lewis, who is, you know, the key guy in the field. And then we went on location to two amazing companies who I'm going uh, to shout out, right, Argos USA, big, big cement manufacturer, and TSE Industries. These two companies have figured out how to, without my help, by the way, I went to them and learned from them. They figured out how to source, identify, and optimize and retain this particular talent pool. And it's paying big dividends for them. Nice. All right. What, what are the numbers in all of this, John? I mean, what is the potential here? How many folks are available to potentially, uh, you know, bring into a, a company's workforce? What What are the numbers behind all this? Sure. I, I think felony convictions alone is 19 million across the country. And it's much higher when you think of misdemeanor arrests and things of that nature. So you're talking about a tremendous talent pool. And I think the the like any talent pool. If you don't deliberately go after it, right, and optimize right. it, it's not going to work, whether you're looking for, an, for IT folks or, or maintenance folks or operations folks. So I think it's the same type of thing. Um, so you're talking about a staggering number. And then the interesting thing is, you know, in, in Florida, the laws in Florida somehow, sometimes work to the disadvantage of the business community. I'll give you a good example. Take a state like New Jersey. My crime can be expunged next year or actually this year. But by the time the courts get to it, it'll be next year. Right. So on paper, although if you read the New York Times, you'll know I went to prison. But you know, on paper, uh, I won't have a record in Florida. There's no meaningful expungement. So the business community actually receives a lot more information that other states really don't care about. And I think that that the legislature in Florida has done a nice job of protecting businesses with good, strong negligent right. hiring laws. So but there's a balance there. Right. Because right. if I were to apply cold to a Florida employer next year and you didn't Google me. I come up with a clean record. Someone with a much lower offense than I had, who never right. even did time, is going to come up with a record. In Florida. Yeah, in Florida. Right. And, and a few other states. Right. And I guess, uh, you know, I, I probably should have asked this question earlier, but this truly is a problem. And again, I saw it in my, you know, in just my short uh, engagement in this space. Um, if you've got that criminal record, there's a very strong likelihood you just won't be able to get a job. Is that, is that, that fair? That's too? exactly right. Cause there's a lot of myths, right? There's a, there's myths surrounding this population doesn't want to work. This population is going to cause problems on the job, et cetera. Um, but done right, the, it will work. And, and it makes sense when you think about it because many of these folks either didn't have or didn't exercise their ability to have a first chance. Right. right. So when we think about second chance hiring, you might be the first employer who's bringing them in a structured setting. But again, when I sit with the HR folks, we don't say, hey, guess what? We're going to turn your HR department into a social work department, right? Or a therapy office, because that's not right. the, the goal of business is to make money. This isn't right. a charity. But where, where I help them is to make sure we source properly so they arrive with those things handled. And to be honest, it's actually a real HR benefit because I can accommodate for factors in, a, in an applicant source or help them figure out how to, how to accommodate for those factors that they couldn't ask in the interview themselves, right? right? Because, but because the community-based organizations and those other support structures will handle that. So again, you, um, 
which you explained very well, you you work with really the employer. Yes. But what is the business model of college, of Cottage Four? How, how does it actually work? Uh, employer engages you, they pay the fees. How does the model work for yes. you? Yeah, typically it's a straight consulting uh, arrangement with the HR folks. It's I don't. I'm not a headhunter where like per head I charge or a part of salary. I probably should get into that line of work candidly back in New Jersey. And I'd, I'd be a lot, I'd, I'd, I could be a, a gold sponsor here, but, right. um, but uh, most of the time it's the business community trying to figure out because what happened. So at, when as second chance hiring became a big deal in 18 and 19, and then in the wake of, of 2020, right. Companies started looking at their, social justice metrics, right? And they started looking in every single department, right? Philanthropically, what can we do? Where companies decide to engage in ESG, what can we do? And from a talent pool, what can we do? And, and it became very evident to folks at, uh, to my friends at Business Roundtable in DC and to the, to the outstanding team, JP Morgan, who, who funded me to do this documentary in Florida, that they were missing a talent pool here, right? Yeah. And a talent pool that candidly, uh, depending on the state you're going, will trend along certain racial lines as well. And I think that uh, J.P. Morgan, candidly, Jamie Dimon, the CEO, took the first step, and they've hired 40, they hired 4,300 people with criminal records last year. They're a bank. Wow. 4,300 people they've done as a bank, of, of the most regulated institution. Right. So it's funny because I do doing a lot of healthcare work. Hospitals always say, I can't do this, I can't do that. I'm like, well, the banks are doing it. Right. So either we can figure out a channel a path for you, or if we can't, let's think about supply chain second chance hiring. What I mean by that, maybe a person with a criminal record can't be around the pharmaceuticals in a hospital, right? right. But they certainly could work at some of your vendors, right? Maybe right. the folks who supply different things to the hospital. So there's a number of ways to think right. about this to optimize the talent pool. Wow. Uh, that is impressive and visionary thinking. Uh, John, uh, incredible work. And and back to uh, a couple of weeks ago at the Florida Makes Conference, I, I interviewed a gentleman in the HR space, and I, I'm pretty sure that his comment was, the math just don't work in Florida. We're going to always have more jobs than we have people. Very true, very and, true. Um, but I think there's are, there are solutions, and, and it sounds like you are one of those solutions. Well, I try to be, and I, and I think the businesses should know that you know this isn't something where, you know, anybody with any record is eligible for any job. Right. It's nothing like that. In right. fact, you know, when I speak with companies confidentially, you know, I, I have a heart to heart and say, listen, you know, why don't we start where you're comfortable starting? Right. Let's do a proof of concept for you. And if it works, we'll do more. And if it doesn't, we do less. And so far mm -hmm. it's, it keeps working. And I think the, the, the other thing people should remember is that uh, for companies that are really Sometimes companies are concerned about image management, right? Well, what will everybody think if I have all these people who have been to jail or have felonies here? Right. And the overwhelming research from the Society of Human Resources Management and other places show that most consumers want to buy from companies with a social agenda, yeah. which is interesting because I'm not here selling a social agenda. I'm actually right. selling the pure dollars and cents the, the, business. The business case. of this, right. But, but it just happens to be able to do a good thing. And in that context, you know, second chance hiring really is everybody's business. Yeah. So uh, just a few parameters now, how big, how small. Uh, I got a lot of small manufacturers uh, along the Treasure Coast. Um, would they be a potential uh, client of yours? Could, could we talk about two, three, four positions? Or? Sure. Okay. Because, because what I hope, because the two things I do is I help the business 
understand what the HR pathways are going to look like when they get involved. And then what I can do is help them identify good community-based providers. And that's really the key here, right? Sometimes in the nonprofit world, and I've, I've been an executive director of a big nonprofit, you have some agencies who do great work, right. some agencies trying to do great work, some agents have a good heart but don't do good work, and some <laughs> agencies don't have a good heart and are good at writing grants, right? right. So right. you have these different permutations, and, but even the best agency isn't always the best fit for a particular company. So I try to do that because what, and then that demystification for HR helps them just as if they called a certain headhunting agency, they would say, oh, I trust you know, Tom's uh, headhunting agency because they source talent properly. And that's what I try to do, right, is build those relationships. And then candidly, right. once I build the relationships, generally I leave. Nice. And, and, and uh, or I'll be on just a very much smaller consulting, you know, retainer. John, incredible work. Thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank uh, you. How does a business engage with Cottage 4? How do they find you in this incredible resource that could potentially lead to uh, some workforce. Sure. So cottage4.com, just as it sounds, uh, C-O-T-T-A-G-E-F-O-U-R, not the number, cottage4.com. But I think really germane to this conversation for the Florida business community is go on retainingtalent.org, retainingtalent.org. That's the documentary, Florida-specific documentary that we made all throughout Florida. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were kind enough to open the stadium and let me film there. Um, I couldn't get him to shoot the cannons off. I tried. I tried. That's another story. I'll <laughs> right, tell you. right. Well, yeah, um, that's another segment. We'll <laughs> but but uh, go to retainingtalent.org. You can see what's happening in Florida. You can you can watch me as the poor man's Anthony Bourdain in the documentary and uh, hopefully be entertained a little bit, be inspired, and realize the business case for second chance hiring. All right. I love it. Uh, it is John uh, Kufos. Yes, sir. Uh, with Cottage 4. Uh, second chance hiring. Uh, one more time on that documentary. It's retaining uh, retaining talent retaining and retainingtalent.org. You can watch it right on the website. It's an hour long, and uh, again, you could you know. One last thing. It's all Florida, right? Right. Charlie Charles Belvin Productions, right here in Tallahassee, produced it. When you look at it, I was amazed how good he could make me look as ugly as I am. So I just want to really thank Charlie Belvin and his makeup team. Nice, nice. <laughs> I, listen, I can't wait to watch it. Um, uh, uh, an issue near and dear to my heart. I, uh, again, I, I got to do just my little tiny, tiny little bit of, of, um, of contribution to this very important uh, issue. Wonderful. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Um, again, uh, this is Small Biz Florida. I'm Tom Kindred, your host. We're coming to you from uh, the uh, Florida Chamber uh, Annual Meeting and Future of Florida Forum. Just uh, very pleased, privileged, and honored to, uh, to have the podcast platform here to cover all that's going on, uh, talking about strategies and, and where we want to be uh, in terms of business in the state of Florida uh, over the next uh, 10 years. So stay tuned. Uh, more to come from the Future of Florida Forum. This is Small Biz Florida. This has been Small Biz Florida, created and produced by the Florida Small Business Development Center at Indian River State College. Your host for Small Biz Florida is Tom Kindred. Partners for Small Biz Florida include WPSL and WSTU and Indian River State College, named the 2019 winner of the Aspen Prize for Community College Excellence.